right now, though, um, at City Council, expected today uh, that uh, councillors will be talking about fines, increased fines for those drivers who make excessive no noise on city streets. The City of Edmonton taking a shot at deterring motorists from making excessive vehicle noise with a possible $1,000 fine for infractions in its traffic bylaw. So uh, council is expected to talk about it today. Was talking to a councillor earlier though saying that the schedule was pretty packed. It might get pushed to Friday, but regardless, looking at a big increase for fines, now, the change would make it an offense for drivers of all types, not just motorcycles, all types of vehicles to create excessive noise, and the fine would double for a subsequent infraction. So currently, the city's community standards bylaw makes noise an offense only for motorcyclists whose machine exceeds 92 decibels. Right now, bylaw officers can give out fines to truck and car drivers under the Provincial Traffic Safety Act, and those fines in the provincial and municipal legislation range from 162 to 250 as i mentioned they're looking at moving that to a thousand dollars the original proposal was sitting at around $5,000, but they're looking at $1,000 right now. Dr. Tor Oyamo is one of Canada's leading noise researchers. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, so wanted to talk to you uh, about this because, um, you know, interesting, we could sit here and talk about, you know, noisy lawn mowers and noisy uh, leaf blowers and that sort of thing, but I wanted to dive into a little bit more about the public health aspect of this because I think that there's some folks out there who think that noise, uh, noise from loud cars or vehicles or whatever it is, is just an annoyance where others, researchers, people like you who, this is your life, work would say no there is a real public health issue here tell me about the public health issues yeah so what you describe as uh, what we most often think about and um, sort of the acute effects of noise that we get annoyed when we hear something or something disturbs us of course we we know about that and everyone can relate to that and that's what we uh can, can categorize, I guess, as direct effects. So mm -hmm. it's something you respond to in, in that moment in time, place, uh, whatever it is. But we're discovering a lot more. We've known about this for quite a long time, really from from uh, both research in, in laboratories as well as in, in uh, populations and, and cities and such for going back quite a number of decades, really, that there are indirect effects, which uh, through stimulation of our nervous system so when we when we react to something if we think something is annoying there's often a stress response that goes along with that and uh, we know now that sort of a, a, a prolonged or a chronic exposure to to stressors and it's not just noise this is the same type of mechanism that works for any types of stress but the noise uh, in, in my field of course we know that that, if that happens over a really long period of time, it can lead to more uh, severe health outcomes uh, as well. Yeah, and it's interesting when we talk about some of those severe health uh, outcomes. I mean, there was a report back, I think, from uh, the European Environment Agency back in 2020 that said uh, noise is second to only air pollution as a cause of premature death. And I think a lot of folks are probably like, what? What are you talking about there? Um, th that's within environmental exposures, yes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's 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 true as far as we can tell, based on the relationship between uh, noise exposure and the effects it has 
on people in, in really large populations. So these, this evidence comes from studies that have been done with methods on par with, uh, speaking of noise, my dog, pardon me. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, pardon her. Uh, on, on par with any type of epidemiology or epidemiological studies where we follow you know, huge populations over a long period of time and then see what types of exposures leads, leads to what type of uh, health effects in, in people. So uh, what, what's been uh, found in, in, in Europe and the EU and the WHO or World, World Health Organization regional office there, um, because they've done a lot of uh, noise mapping over, over more than 20 years now because of a directive there that requires it, that's led to us being able to do a lot more detailed long-term studies as well now since it's been over 20 years and these really do focus on uh, broad scale exposures that, that affect a lot of people which of course are for the most part transportation sources uh, and, and within those uh, of course traffic is the one that affects the most people yeah. so we know we, we have a we have a really good understanding about what traffic uh, does to people or traffic noise yeah and you know um, nighttime noise when people are being kept up when your sleep is disturbed that that is kind of a, a route for all sorts of problems there's some guidelines in Europe that would suggest that uh, nighttime noise levels above 45 decibels should be limited I'm wondering um, how good of a job um, maybe some major cities in, in Europe are doing on that front and if that would be possible in Canada well so 45 decibels um, is, is really the, uh, the the background noise level okay. in in uh, sorry if you're in, if you're in a quiet area of a city um, and and don't have you don't have any immediate sources around you that's sort of just the hum of the city in the distance that's probably around 40 45 decibels in most cases so those those guidelines uh, are really based on uh, at nighttime people being able to to sleep with their with their windows open um, and and then having a sleep sleep uh, noise level that doesn't uh, cause sort of uh, you know like extensive number of, of awakenings or just disturbed sleep you don't, you don't necessarily have to wake up to have your sleep disturbed True. Uh, your, your body can still you know register and, and put in order a physiological response uh, without you waking up and, and realizing that's happened consciously and, and uh, that's of course um, one of the one of the worrisome mechanisms but back to that <laughs> noise level um, 45 decibels um, for you know it, it, we're not talking about that being feasible mm. or possible for the entire population in, in any city uh, that that's a long-term goal and I think the short shorter term goal is 55 decibels okay. um, but again we'll, you know realistically getting everyone in a city down to that level is impossible <laughs> we're talking about you know increasing the, the proportion of people uh, or decreasing the proportion of people that are exposed to excessive mm -hmm. levels you know that it's, that's the goal of moving forward in any context so doctor your thoughts then I mean well a lot most Canadian cities built around vehicle infrastructure like roads ring roads you know highways whatever it is and I mean I guess it's kind of we're late to the game now if we've if we've developed cities um, around that infrastructure to change uh, or to limit the uh, the noise from let's say vehicles so is enforcement then, in your opinion, the way to do this? 
Yeah, it's definitely one of the low-hanging low fruits, I guess. Like you said, you know, we, we do have um, a peculiar infrastructure, one that's in, in most cases built for vehicles. Our cities are relatively young and therefore have a lot more um, roads and, and road uh, area cover. Uh, and you know this this legislation that's being uh, looked at in Edmonton is, is a really good start to at least take uh, take the peaks off. You know the, they're obviously not affecting the majority of vehicles, but those those few numbers of vehicles that are producing that excessive noise level uh, passing through most often on major roads, obviously, and, and I'm sure there's certain areas that have more problems than others. But you know, it's going to do uh, a fair bit to just bring that. Uh, total total noise exposure uh, d down a, a little bit. Other things that are, are immediate opportunities for uh, for the for the cities um, in, in Canada or typical of Canada at least, and, and you know mid mid to large size cities are uh, looking at better speed enforcement. Yep. <laughs> it's a pretty simple solution, but um, the, the speed makes a huge difference in how much uh, a noise, how much noise a vehicle makes. And actually above 30 or 40 uh, kilometers an hour, uh, the engine size uh, really doesn't make much of a difference. It's, it's the tire noise that makes most mm -hmm. of the noise. So uh, getting, most cities do have speed limits of 50 or 60 in a city, but um, that's variably observed i would say by <laughs> by drivers and but but that would make a, a big difference as well oh interesting interesting uh dr tor oyamo joining me this afternoon i want to thank you we'll have to leave it there uh because of time but i want to thank you for making time for our show this afternoon always appreciate your insight your expertise on this front thank you so much Thank you. Yeah, take care. Uh, again, Dr. Tor Oyamo, who is one of Canada's leading noise researchers. And I think that's one of those things you don't think about, right? Like, you don't necessarily think that, um, you know, that sleep being disrupted uh, over years, uh, months, years, whatever it could, you know, the downstream health effects, what they call it, those long-term impacts of um, having, you know, for, you know, your cardiovascular health, health, that they can be impacted by sleep disruptions. And if that sleep disruption is coming from noise outside your window, what do we do on that front? Uh, when we have had this conversation on the show in the past, you've been very vocal about it. You've raised some noise about it, saying, hey, you know what? It's awful in the summertime, depending on where you're living, right? I think for a lot of folks.